Hello and welcome to Open Mind UFO Radio. I am your host Alejandro Rojas and I have with me Martin from Russia with love, Willis. That's right. I have nothing but love for everybody. Yeah, that's nice of Peace you. Peace and love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I that... survived. I drove and I survived. Oh, yeah. You told me driving out there in Russia is a pretty harrowing experience, huh? It is. All you have to have is a, you know, a United States license and a certified translation of it, and anybody can drive. And nothing makes any sense. A, a traffic will, will turn into a straightaway, and those people have the right-of-way with no signs, or if they are, there probably were signs. But So I made <laughs> it alive, but then I figured out all you have to do is – Drive as fast as you can until you have to slam on the brakes and ignore everybody, and then you'll survive. Wow. What if you drive That's slow? All. What happens? I mean, there's got to be some old people driving slow or something, right? I haven't seen that yet. Huh. Um, you know, maybe it's a Darwin thing. Maybe they don't <laughs> last. You know, yeah, like, right. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, I don't know. But, wow. Uh, yeah, it was over in Sochi last week, and it was... Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it on my show. It was yeah. absolutely beautiful, beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Tropical and uh, mountains right there. You can ski all in one day. You can ski and you can swim in the Black Sea. That's pretty cool. That's it amazing. Is it is pretty awesome. So that's and the mountains are that high where like is the weather different? Like it's it was nice at the beach, but cold up on the slopes. Oh, yeah. Snow on top. Wow. Not, um, you know, not a, enough snow to ski. Um, you could probably do some snowboarding, but you'd have to go around a lot of the rocks, the rock croppings and stuff like that. But um, you could actually ski and then you could actually swim the same day. But you can do snowballs and snow angels. Oh, it did, did, you? It did the snowball thing, yes. Yeah. On the top. Oh, yeah. Because those are my favorite snow activities, being from Colorado. Um I'm I'm just a wuss. I'm, I uh, especially these days. Well, with the back issue that I mentioned last week. Oh yeah. Um, I can't really uh, involve myself in some of the other sports, so I stick to the snowballs and the snow angels. Well, the snow angel could be kind of like hazardous if you're falling back. Yeah, I would think. Hmm. Yeah. Good well. point. Yeah. And, so you know, just... something I forgot to mention yet last week when I did talk about my ankylosing spondylitis, and someone pointed this out, a woman who's a listener, and she has it. So women can have it, too. It's most common in men, but women can have it, too. So, mm. you know, if you've got back pains and you're in your 20s. In fact, I heard from another listener who's got back pain, and he's a younger guy, and he's going to go get checked out. So we'll see what happens. But um, Hey, you know, if you just change one person's life, you did a big thing. Yeah, that would be awesome if, you know, to catch it, like, so people know, like, I didn't, and, you know, I kept going to my general practitioner, and I would think that, you know, they would do something, 
and I would tell them about my back pain and uh, you know. And sure I, I realize back pain is common and there's lots of common, you know, lots of things that cause it, but um if one of them would have done an x ray or suggested I go to a rheumatologist, I could have caught this a lot sooner and probably saved a lot of mobility. Um mm. that now I don't have. So it, it would have been especially dangerous for me driving in Russia because I can't turn left or right that much. So, but I guess as you say, you don't want to pay attention to the other drivers. No. Just do your own thing anyway. Yeah, you might be better off that way. <laughs> yeah, with some yeah. blinders. Ignore everyone and they'll ignore you. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is. Yeah. So my guest, uh, I have not, this is kind of a group I've been curious about, to be honest, and I have not uh, had anyone on to talk about it. So I was really excited to have um, Bob Davis on. Bob Davis is part of FREE, which is the Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters. Now they're actually called the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters. I had received an emails from, actually, Edgar Mitchell about this group. Uh, apparently, they've taken on his name, and he, he supports their efforts. He didn't uh, apparently have much involvement Um uh However, and I talked, we talked with Bob about that. However, yeah, he was enthusiastic about their work. And I've been curious about this group because I've had Kathleen Martin on and, uh, to talk about her study she did with Denise Stoner. Uh, and, uh, so I wanted to find out, you know, how this group is different. And, um, so I was able to find that out. But not only that, Bob Davis here is like a, a neurologist. Um, he's got, you know, a number of degrees. Um, well, he's worked in neuroscience. That's what his PhD is in. Um, he's done a lot of, he's worked in audiology, uh, but he's done a lot of interesting things and they're being very careful about how they uh, do these inventories and study. Essentially, I mean, uh, uh, people who believe that they've had extraterrestrial encounters, which I think is an, an important distinction because uh, we don't know whether these people actually have. Um, but, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's really interesting what they're finding. Yeah, um, Bob is a good guy. I've talked to him before. Very bright and uh, enjoyable, so it'll be a good show. Yeah. So, however, before we have Bob on the shoe, we talk some UFO news, and uh, we always let you start it off. So, yeah, is there some UFO news you want to talk about? Sure, why not? Um, this uh, this was an encou- not an encounter, a sighting that happened in Philadelphia at 5.45 p.m. Um, on April 16th, and the Pennsylvania witnesses in Philadelphia reported watching and videotaping a cross-shaped UFO hovering nearby. And there is a, this is a MUFON case, um, 75873. And uh, so they were actually um, driving to a food truck fest. And after they parked their car and started walking, his wife made a comment about the moon being overhead. And when he looked up, he noticed there was an object just hovering. And so he got his cell phone uh, out and started filming and um, you can watch the film it's on the open minds the links right there embedded and you can see this thing is just sitting there and 
when I'm first looking at it, I thought, well, maybe it's a balloon or something like that. But all of a sudden it starts dropping and dropping. And this is a quote from the witness. This was a uh, broad daylight, not a cloud in the sky. My wife and I both watched it hover for about one minute before it appeared to first come down lower from the sky. And they got excited because it went from hovering to moving downward slowly. Then it stopped again, and they got more excited, and it changed directions, unquote. So um, this particular guy was a... Uh, he is a uh, amateur astronomer, and he looks up in the sky. He didn't think it was a drone, and he, they both guessed that it was somewhere around ten to fifteen thousand feet in the sky. Um, I watched it. I think it's um, it's possible that it is a drone. It, they drew a cross shaped, like a double cross shaped, um, for as far as what the craft looked like. I think um, Alejandro, do you know this? Drones can stay fairly stationary um, in one one area. I'm not talking like a helicopter drone, but the winged drones, I do believe they can stay fairly stationary. Oh, yeah, definitely. Slow. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what do you think about that video? I don't know. I, I In the video, like you said, you can't really make much out. And a lot of people are looking at the drawing that was provided by the witness and saying, well, duh, that's obviously one of those drones. You know, the real popular camera drone, of course, now we're starting to see more variety. But uh, for the longest time, we've seen just that, uh, what, the DG Phantom or something like that it's called. But um, so people are like, duh, that's obviously a drone. And it could be. I mean, it, in fact, I think you can't rule that out, which is difficult. Um the MUFON investigator looked into it, and he closed the case as an unknown. But, um, yeah, interesting. I think that's pretty common, isn't it, for them to close cases as unknown? Yeah, I mean... But they're in, not really closed. Yeah. I mean, in this case, uh, unknowns are never closed, or no MUFON case is ever completely closed. And uh, in this case, the uh, investigator said he that the witness was adamant that this was not a drone. And so he kind of took the witness's word for it because he felt that uh, they were, um, you know, uh, that he trusted their words. So that's one of the hard things, you know, what can you do? So um, I, I guess he felt that the video evidence, kind of like you, is not, uh, or, you know, I agree, not sufficient enough to make a conclusion. So, um, but yeah, it is shaped by tiny. a drone. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I can see how people would would feel that way. Right. Yeah, it's so tiny at first, and he has, as he says, you know, live on the recording, he has it at 4X, you know, he has it. Yeah. Added, and he couldn't really see it. He just aimed it in the direction of the moon because he yeah. knew it was near that. So that's why it's in the corner of the screen yeah but it's it's enough to see that it's definitely something and you can and i think you can see when it's moving it's hard to say because it's just open sky but yeah anyway um yeah that's uh yeah no maybe he's right maybe it is something else yeah so we'll see who knows so in other news a couple other stories i want to talk to you about one i haven't written about yet but i will um probably by the time this show airs so um I'm sure I will. But the other is this one. Uh, the Robert Hastings, 
I, I don't know if we talked about this, but uh, I don't feel it's a, a problem. I, I'm going to talk about it a lot because it's awesome. So Robert Hastings has made a documentary, um, UFOs and Nukes, Extraordinary – or that's his book. Uh, the the movie's called UFOs and Nukes, the Secret Link Revealed. And it's a great documentary. Of course, uh, many of you are probably familiar with his work since I had him on the show recently. But um, I just wrote a story about something that uh, Robert and I had talked about on our, my show a couple of weeks ago. Um, and uh, it's just uh, if people wanted to get to read the quotes from these guys, um, I've got this in the story. And this is a couple guys who have come out to talk about how they were radar operators um, at Bentwaters Forest uh, or Bentwaters Base in um, the 80s when UFOs were seen there, the famous Rendlesham Forest sighting, and that they did track a object on their radars, and the thing also flew and stopped near the radar tower, so they got to take a look at it. So I wrote a story uh, right. Because this is pretty significant that, you know, they're on camera talking about this. And uh, I've got pictures of what the object looked like and a large orange ball with portholes around it. So really, really interesting stuff. I highly recommend people go download um, this video. But, uh, yeah, really cool that these guys came forward. And you know what? I was speaking with Lee Spiegel earlier who had talked to Charles Holt, um, who was the deputy base commander at the time. Um, who also saw the UFO, and uh, Holt had told him about these guys, and I guess, you know, they were nervous about coming forward before they retired because they just thought they, they might get in trouble. Um, but it looks like they have not faced any negative repercussions for talking about this, uh, as far as I understand, but uh, really great case. But that just shows how... Um, you know uh, how much of an impact this event had on their lives and when you see them talk about this you can see that and um, you know Hastings tracked these guys down and just says something that you have two of these guys you know two of these guys in the tower who are saying we both saw the radar hits they, they were stranger than anything we've seen and we both saw the object and this thing was uh, weird looking yeah and very fast it went right I forget how fast across the screen it went they were saying you know, it goes to show that evidence still can come out. Yeah. Of, you know, a really good case, and and um, you know that whole thing. I remembered there was something wrong with the memo that he typed the wrong date or something, and they couldn't find any radar at first. They couldn't find any radar yeah. um, reports or something. Do you, do I have that right? Am yeah, I, I think right it was because there was uh, some confusion about the dates. Uh, yeah. I don't remember the details behind about this, but there was confusion about the dates, and I don't remember if the memo was still wrong or if the memo was right. And the other people, I forget the details, but yeah, yeah, I that I do remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do recommend. I actually downloaded that movie myself, um, Robert Hastings' latest that film, and uh, highly recommend it. That. That part is one of the main parts I thought was very interesting in that mm -hmm. that movie is when those two guys were talking about yeah. that. Tons of the great. round orange uh -huh. ball with porthole-like yeah. windows. Mm. Yeah. Tons of great firsthand testimony. So the other story, I'm not sure if you've even had a chance to um, hear much about. So 
George Knapp interviewed on camera um, Tom DeLonge in a running series mm-hmm. that they're going to do on KLAS, which is the TV station that George Knapp works for. George Knapp, of course, being an investigative journalist. Uh, we've talked about him a lot because he's a, is a great researcher and uh, has done so much important work. But Tom DeLonge, uh, they, they played a couple of the first two segments of their interviews uh, last night. And Tom DeLonge claims that he essentially is going to be the harbinger of disclosure, that there are these um, insiders who um, have knowledge, uh, firsthand knowledge of uh, UFO secrets and that they um, are talking to him and they want him to come out with this information because he's a public figure. And he said in the future there'll be more information, but uh, George Knapp in the second interview was able to get out of him that he claims that these guys have told him there there has been a recovered um, alien being, essentially, and that there have been uh, crashes, UFO or really alien spacecraft crashes. Um, so that's what he's claiming. Yes, I had a, an email from someone this morning about that whole thing with all the links. I haven't looked into it yet. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's it's um, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I don't know about what you thought or whatever, but why him? You know, I mean, why did they – why would they choose him to speak on such an important topic mm-hmm. and not um, someone like our president or someone like that? Yeah, or even maybe Michio Kaku or, you know, someone with a high level of credibility who's open to the topic. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, I think that's a great question. I mean, uh, certainly Tom DeLonge is not someone, you know, who uh, is seen as a credible person. And, and that's no nothing against Tom DeLonge at all. It's just he's a rock star. And unfortunately, you know, people don't look, you know, highly upon them as far as, you know, their their scientific knowledge or anything. And, you know, he's had controversy behind some of the silly stuff they sing about and, and stuff like that, which is fun. You know, he's a rock star. He's fun, entertaining. People love him. Um, but that's why he said he thinks they chose him is that because he's, he's plugged into the younger generation and, and he has a mm. wide audience and a lot of people that listen to him uh, because he said that he was curious why they chose him too and that's why they – he says they say they've chosen him. Um, but, of course, there's a lot of scrutiny um, that has to be um, employed when you're dealing with these people making these claims. So we'll see. And then, of course, we have no insight into their credentials or how he has verified these credentials. I mean, my fear is right. that it's like, you know, um, Dan Burrish he's talking to or somebody who claims to have out, have all this knowledge when they really don't. Or maybe even Richard Doty or someone yeah, else. Yeah, I was just thinking kind of, of a a disinformation tact. Yeah. Uh, that could be an, another possibility which would not be would would not be very funny. Yeah. So it's good and bad. I mean, it's good in that um it's most I don't know. I there'd be people who disagree. It's mostly good in that we have some interesting stuff to look into. I know some researchers like Hastings. I'm certainly going to be open-minded to whatever. 
Yeah, and I know there will be people like Hastings who will be more skeptical, and I certainly have a degree of skepticism because we have to see how well vetted these these people were. And mm -hmm. um, uh, George Knapp, for instance, is someone I would trust to be able to vet people. So hopefully he is working closely with Knapp. And, uh, um, but it is, uh, yeah, so some pretty hefty claims. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, that's it for my news for today. You got anything else? Hello? Did the Russians abduct you? So apparently we have lost um, Martin. So, but, you know, he's all the way out there in Russia. I think it's a wonder we've been able to catch him uh, at all. So, and he sounded great while he was here, but uh, we've had connection issues, so uh, we lost him. However, we still have our interview with our guest, and we were done with the news anyway. I was, I was going to say is, okay, thanks, Martin. Um, talk to you later. And he would have said something funny like, yeah, I don't know what he would have said, but it would have been pleasant, and uh, it's too bad we missed his uh, the end of his news and the transition there. But, oh, well. Anyway, let's go ahead. Thank you, by the way, Martin, you know, for being on the show and helping us with the news as usual. But let's go ahead and talk to our guest, Bob Davis. I am very excited to welcome to the show Robert Davis. Hello, Robert. Hi. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, you've got quite the academic background with uh, a few degrees, and, and um, maybe if you could tell us more about uh, your professional background to start off. Well, I, I received a doctorate in neuroscience from Ohio State University, and I taught for the State University of New York for over 30 years. I'm now retired, and I guess my second job is uh, serving as a on a research team for the uh, Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters. The acronym mm -hmm. is FREE. I recently wrote a book which, uh, which is called The UFO Phenomenon, Should I Believe, which is available uh, on Amazon. And uh, I'm in the process now of writing a, another book on the afterlife, mm -hmm. which has some unique phenomena associated with UFOs, but uh, like near-death experiences and uh, reincarnation, uh, consciousness, quantum physics, etc. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, busy somewhat in, mm -hmm. in my retirement years and, and having fun. Well, that's great. So interesting. What were the type of courses that you taught? Oh, it's uh, it, neuroscience, uh, research methodology, uh, uh, audiology and hearing science, mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature. Yeah. And then uh, at what point did you become interested with uh, UFOs and or extraterrestrials? You know, I've always been interested in the phenomenon, like millions of others, uh, I, and I'm not entirely sure why. <laughs> uh, but uh, it it began as a child, uh, mm -hmm. and evolved over time. Read all the books, uh, watched the movies, etc. And uh, then, what really piqued my interest and and motivated me to write the book was when my wife and I visited Sedona, Arizona, mm -hmm. uh, not far from you. I think you're right. in Arizona, aren't you? That's well, correct. And you you're well aware of Sedona, correct? Mm -hmm. Very uh, well. It's beautiful. Um, I love it. Oh, it's the, one of the most beautiful, if not the most beautiful city in, in America. 
um, we observed in the night sky an orange orb. Hmm. And suddenly a second one emerged either from it or from behind it. They remained stationary for several minutes and then they suddenly winked out. Uh, I don't know if that was a message to me <laughs> from <laughs> some other uh, uh, non-human entity or could certainly have been uh, some atmospheric phenomena or plasma-like uh, related uh, uh, event. But nevertheless, that that more than caught my attention and uh, soon after that I began uh, putting things down on paper mm -hmm. about what year was that that was 2012 oh, okay so not too long ago um, wow that's a great sighting had you had any other sightings yeah, and it's not un uncommon mm -hmm. no no I haven't right it's not uncommon which is interesting and um, what about uh, when you were a kid did you did your family or people you knew have sightings that uh, kind of inspired you? No, uh, I wasn't aware of of, of that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my inspiration maybe uh, evolved out of watching too many reruns of Twilight Zone and Star Trek. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, those who grew up at that time, you know, f flying saucers, as as they were called, of course, back then, uh, was uh, what maybe a little bit more. Uh, um, in the forefront, in the media, uh, and uh, especially with uh, government-led uh, and scientific-led research projects like Project Blue Book, among many others, that uh, were ongoing at the time, it got more media attention. Mm -hmm. uh, and now uh, it does and doesn't, but uh, things have died down. Now it's more of a new age uh, type of uh, movement, shall mm -hmm. we say. Yeah, which is interesting. What do you make of that? Because uh, you're someone who's been around for a while. In fact, our last guest last uh, week had been looking into this topic for about 50 years. And I don't know that people, especially new to this field, really understand that um, at, back in the 60s, um, even in the 50s, the conversation around this topic was more led by the military and scientists, whereas now, like you said, it's, it's more new agey. Um, what do you make of that uh, evolution? Uh, it's very discouraging, and, and I, I, I draw much attention to this theme in my book. Uh, it's largely ignored by mainstream science, when in fact, just the opposite should be the case. Uh, this is a real phenomenon. I have no doubt that UFOs exist. Uh, and I say that based on my uh, extensive research uh, on ufology, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it, as well as discussions with many, many individuals um, and, and physicists and scientists uh, and non-scientists who have had direct upfront personal encounters of varying kinds with uh, UFOs as well as uh, non-human intelligent beings. Uh, uh, there is certainly a phenomenon going on. Uh, the question, obviously, is uh, the, the who, what, and why is associated with that phenomenon. Uh, are, are they extraterrestrial, extra, extra or intradimensional, as many suspect, uh, or, or could it possibly be some type of phenomenon associated with the mind uh, mm -hmm. that we are not aware of at the present time? But the similarity of the experiences uh, over hundreds of thousands, if not much more, uh, cannot be dispelled 
we have to have to consider that there is some degree of credibility associated with that. And we are seeing these kinds of results as a result of our research as part of the foundation for extraterrestrial encounters, uh, where we have collected from over 2,000 individuals who claim to have conscious recall of their experiences with, shall we say, ET, although I don't like that term, but maybe we can use it just for simplicity's sake. Mm -hmm. They report very similar types of experiences, which we will get into the data, you know, at, at some point in time during our discussion. But the nature of the phenomenon is so perplexing and, and unique uh, that one cannot help but be stimulated by it and and consider it to be valid at some level. Mm-hmm. Now, many, many people in the field of ufology will make firm conclusions about what the phenomenon is all about, which is highly premature at this point in time. But nevertheless, I, I truly am very, very uh, turned off, tired of hearing the same type of uh, debate and arguments about whether or not that object is a UFO. How often do, do people discuss this in books, on radio shows, uh, in various media forms, just trying to decide whether or not it is indeed unidentified? Excuse the expression, but big deal. Uh, that, that, that's not the point. You know, we're not trying to determine if UFOs exist. They do exist. Stop debating about whether or not that thing that, that lit up and changed colors and moved at seven, twelve thousand 12,000 miles per hour and made right angle turns, defies the laws of gravity and inertia, are, is in fact a UFO. It is. A, these things do exist. There's more than ample evidence about their kinematic, uh, physical maneuverability. Uh, it's a physical effects, psychological effects on individuals who, who encounter it. Uh, that's, that's no debate. But yet, ufologists continue to uh, conduct retrospective analyses by continuing to debate whether or not Roswell represented a, a, a crash of some kind of saucer from somewhere else or was a Russian plane, or, or Project Mogul weather balloon, or if Rendlesham Forest incident was in fact valid, the Phoenix Lights, uh, we can go on and on. Nothing is going to be gained by continuing to try to dissect, as we continually do in various ways, whether or not these events represent a type of alien craft from wherever, uh, whatever space-time they may be, or solar system, that we're not going to understand, in other words, the essence of the phenomenon using the same type of approach. What we need to do, and what FREE is now in the process of doing, is collecting from, again, individuals who claim to have conscious recall of such experiences uh, by un- trying to better understand the essence of that experience. Mm-hmm. What happened to them? What was unique? 
what are the similarities or dissimilarities among the thousands of individuals who we have already obtained data on and are continuing to get data from in the form of now qualitative responses? They're elaborating, in other words, on the quantitative surveys that we had given them, which are very revealing. Mm -hmm. And go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to get into that. And it's interesting you're saying this because your book is called The UFO Phenomenon, Should I Believe? Um, and I guess my question would be, who was the audience for that book? Because certainly for you, that's a foregone conclusion that the uh, phenomenon exists. Uh, without a doubt. And yet I approached the book with an objective in mind whereby I would not lead the reader one way or another in terms of believing it or not. Presenting the evidence, uh, providing some some opinions, but nevertheless not trying to sway the reader one in one direction or another. Uh, I, I don't think that is entirely appropriate uh, because te people tend to believe things that are consistent with their own beliefs and disagree with uh, things they hear or see that's not consistent with their beliefs. So mm -hmm. uh, I try to maintain an objective approach, as I'm doing in my, you know, my book on the afterlife. And it's for the individual who is just beginning to find an interest in this unique phenomena, as well as the more experienced uh, ufologist, mm -hmm. uh, where I bring in some scientific principles, trying to explain what might be behind the, shall we say, force that governs and regulates its behavior. Speculative in nature, of course, but everybody has their own theory, uh, which is far, far from certain, again, despite the conclusions that many individuals make in this field, which is uh, another unfortunate uh, issue, which is why this mainstream science regards ufology as a pseudoscience. Uh, they they are highly skeptical of it because of the lack of the scientific method used in in analyzing, uh, testing the various uh, theories, shall we say, which probably is not possible given our limited scientific principles to apply to understand the underlying foundation. Uh, of the phenomenon, which mm -hmm. seems too intangible uh, to to test, to adequately study. And the evidence thus is elusive, and the questions are much more than, than the answers that we have. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even though you feel that we're past, um, or at least maybe UFO researchers should be past the question of whether or not something's a UFO. I mean, that kind of seems where the book is. The book is in that conversation of whether or not the phenomena exists. And, and essentially, you're providing information um, in an unbiased manner to the reader uh, where they can weigh um, what they think, uh, given what you've pro the information you've provided, where you see that you know there's enough evidence and there's enough information that you know it's obvious there's a phenomena whereas others and i guess that's where the conversation is still pertinent and still exists is in the mainstream in those people who uh, are just beginning to be curious um they still have not you know made up their minds so that conversation is certainly um at least in the mainstream kind of uh 
um, discussion. Uh, that's right, uh, I, and that that's very well said. Um, I, I'm not trying to lead them one way or another, nor am I, nor do I dispute or dispel uh, prior investigations uh, into the phenomenon, which has existed for many, many decades, and we can spend many, many hours talking about that. Uh, but obviously, it's not not <laughs> not relevant here and now. The the point is, if somebody is uncertain whether or not UFOs are real, what they need to do is study the collective evidence. And and unfortunately, too many people who who don't believe the phenomenon to be valid for whatever reason does is not aware of the collective evidence. And it, that's unfortunate because. There is more than ample evidence to to lend considerable credibility into the validity of the phenomenon. Again, the question is, what governs it? Uh, are we talking about non-humans who are operating vehicles, or are we talking about something completely different? And and we don't know. We don't know. But <clears throat> I'm 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 presenting. Yes, I'm presenting. Classic cases like Roswell and Rendlesham and the Belgium incidents, on and on, uh, Washington, D.C., even 52, uh, among many others, more of the more critical ones, uh, as well as the research that has been conducted, Project Blue Book, uh, Comita Report, Condine, worldwide for many decades, and the results of that. Uh, the the uh, uh, disclosure documents that have come through uh, via the Freedom of Information Act, uh, this, the, the, the citizens hearing on disclosure led by Greer and Bassett, which is profoundly interesting. Everybody who, who has even the slightest interest in, in the phenomenon should get, get on YouTube and, and, and search for the Disclosure Project. Uh, here we, again, we have many individuals uh, from, from high up in the government and military to, you know, the average civilian who experienced events associated with this phenomenon that are extraordinarily difficult uh, to ignore, uh, you know, when when a, a Jafari, the Iranian pilot, uh, describes in great detail how he pursued a UFO, uh, tried to fire upon it uh, unsuccessfully, of course, and and the maneuverability of that craft, which he interpreted to be moving, uh, you know, approximately seven eight miles uh, in less than a second. Uh, on up to uh, 12,000 miles per hour, and, and you know, another craft came out of it, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, these kinds of reports make me, at least, scratch my head uh, in very vigorous ways. I, I don't know how to interpret it, other than I don't dispel or dispute the, the uh, psychological state of so many individuals who have had these kinds of unique encounters, not necessarily up in the sky, but in their bedroom. And they have reports seeing uh, the greys or other other beings come in and whisk them away into a craft, and and maybe they're, they they receive some kind of medical uh, uh, experimental uh, uh, you know uh, uh, testing for whatever reason, uh, experience telepathic communication from these beings and messages. Uh, but what's most interesting 
is the transformative behavioral changes that they report. That's positive. Let me emphasize, that's positive in nature. Something that is quite inconsistent with what we often see in books uh, and, and on the Internet, which describe these kinds of encounters, or shall we, shall we use the term alien abductions, not a great term, but for the most part, they it's regarded or or mentioned in in a negative way and initially when people report being so-called abducted it is a highly fearful experience but so many of these individuals at least through our research has shown that through conscious recall while initially their their feelings were of fear over time, through repeated abductions, which is not uncommon, they don't want it to end. They don't want it to end. Over 90% of these individuals say that. They do not want it to end. And you have to say, why? Mm-hmm. That's because it is a positive, highly positive experience for the vast majority. And you wonder why. But they are positively changed in many many ways and I'll, I'll you know we can get into the data uh, to provide the specific details of, mm-hmm. of, of that sense well and so the question then is um, with free I guess one of the, the questions I've had a lot of questions and I haven't been able to get them and, and uh, so I'm really excited to have you on um, uh, so for instance I approached I asked Rudy shield some questions who you guy's list as part of the organization um one of the but he really didn't know much he, he said his, his name is on it he supports your efforts uh I, similar to what dr edgar mitchell uh says he supports your efforts but they're not really doing the work it sounds like you're one of the guys who's down there um crunching these numbers and and working the data which is uh so my question is uh, one of the claims for the research is it says it's like the first academic um, research study uh, into the uh, experience of UFO contact. Um, however, uh, you know, you're probably aware Dr. Leo Sprinkle did an inventory of experiencers. Um, Recently, Kathleen Martin and Denise Stoner did that as well. Um, what's the difference? What makes yours the first comprehensive academic research study and theirs not? Yes. Um, uh, several things make our current study uniquely different from theirs. Um, and I commend them for, for attempting to collect the necessary information about in their personal experiences. For one, in, in the Martin um, Stoner study, fifth, only 50 individuals were used in their population, and they all were subjected to hypnotic regress- regression. Uh, other similar types of uh, studies were conducted in the past, very few in nature, but those that were done also consisted of only a few individuals. 
uh, even Dr. John Mack from Harvard, the psychiatrist from Harvard University, he, you know, he, he interviewed over 300 individual, individuals who claimed to have been abducted, but they too were subjected to hypnotic regression, which is to be scrutinized in terms of the accuracy or validity of the responses received, uh, given the nature of, of the information retrieval. In our study, we're talking about over 2,200 individuals who already have responded, who claim at least to have conscious recall, not lucid dreaming, not hypnotic regression, not uh, meditation, etc. And we have asked them not five, ten questions as previous small scale studies have done. In our two quantitative surveys, we asked over 600 questions uh, over many, many different themes uh, related to the experience, like like the transformative effect on behavior, uh, the the, the physical interaction, the psychological effects of uh, paranormal uh, 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 issues related to that, spiritual issues, uh, uh, and the nuts and bolts. What did these guys look like? Or uh, what information was communicated, etc., etc. And now, uh, on over 700 individuals, we have received their qualitative in-depth responses to these questions. So we have literally over 10,000 word documents, individual pages of this information, which we are now currently, uh, I'm currently, and our research team is currently in, in the process of analyzing. The next phase consists of four phases. Two, two, the first two, again, were quantitative. We're now moving into the two qualitative phases with the same individuals. In the fourth phase, which we're now working on now in terms of developing the paradigm, we're going to be conducting in-depth interviews with a subset of that population uh, in order to, again, better understand the essence of the experience uh, and analyze it from that perspective. So it's quite uniquely different from prior studies in, in many, many ways. Uh, and and we'll, we'll see some similarities, but the, but the validity of the results obtained from our study uh, I believe, are certainly more uh, noteworthy, uh, something that the scientific community cannot dispute or dispel. Uh, It may not be the best ideal type of research, but I can't think of any other way to conduct it, uh, given the nature of the phenomenon and the individuals who experience it. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that would be, I mean, for the scientific community, then, um, what it seems your research would be, um, uh, as opposed to a study on experiencers of UFO contact uh, with non-human intelligence, it would be more of research study on people who claim to have experiences uh, with non-human intelligence, um, which is a two different things. I think either study. I think the studies certainly worthwhile and interesting. But it would really be that, right? It's a, How do you argue that 
these people are really having these experiences um, as opposed to just people who are claiming to have had this experience? Oh, I, I agree completely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I ask the same thing. Uh, likewise, you know, related to that question, when I joined uh, Free last year, and it's, it's a, it was recently established by you know, Ray Hernandez, uh, um, a tax attorney with the with the uh, uh, U.S. government and Rudy Shield, astrophysicist and professor at Harvard University, f- former astronaut Dr. Edgar Mitchell, who recently passed away, and Mary Rodwell, uh, also a researcher in this area from Australia. I asked the same questions. Uh, uh, also, how do we how do we control for the the mental state of these individuals? How do we know that they're not uh, fantasy prone or have some psychosis? And I, I, you can't uh, control for it 100%. But we ask many questions in our surveys. We're going to follow up in the interviews and try to get a better, a better sense of these related issues to control for these uh, confounding variables, uh, shall we say? And yes. Uh, some people who claim to have the experience, well, uh, many people claim many things that certainly aren't true. And I, I suspect that there is a subset of our over 2,200 individuals who responded to our questionnaires thus far. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know, what percent, I don't know, uh, are, are, are not valid for whatever reason. Either making it up, playing a game, a psychological aberration of some type, uh, uh, whatever else. But uh, but we, we're trying to control as best as possible through a survey, and surveys are not the best kind of of a way to conduct research. But but when we're dealing with the types of type of phenomenon such as UFOs, where people claim to be abducted uh, or not, but have personal contact in some way, uh, you, you have to approach it from a phenomenological basis, a qualitative basis, and that's accepted research in sociology, anthropology, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, John Klimo, uh, a, a well-known uh, psychologist uh, in, in, para- in parapsychology, uh, he's an expert in this area, and he's on our research team. So we're... we're Paralleling, so to speak, adopting many many of his uh, research paradigms, which have been proven to be successful in the past. You know, not that our results are going to be not scrutinized, or skeptics are going to cr- criticize it for not being reliable or valid for whatever reason. That's fine. That's fine. But the point is, we'll present the data, let greater minds try to make sense out of it hopefully draw more people from the scientific community and social sciences into this area of study because it is extraordinarily unique. Even if it's not a phenomenon associated with non-humans and UFOs, the fact that so many people are claiming to have conscious recall of this extraordinary phenomenon in such diverse, enigmatic ways 
should at least, at the very least, spark the interest of many psychologists and sociologists and anthropologists, etc., etc., to continue studying this area. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean, you know, people from Mars are coming here, uh, you know, to find cheese or whatever. It means something, something extraordinary. And mm-hmm. I'm not one to say that that is the case. You know, beings are coming here from another space-time or another solar system. It may very well be. It may not be. And I'm trying to be objective as much as possible. I cannot be moved by it. Uh, uh, but it, it, what strikes me is the similarity of the responses from so many people who don't mm-hmm. communicate with one another. There's something going on. I'll, I'll, I'll be so bold as to say that. Something <laughs> extraordinary going on. And it's consistent. What we're seeing is consistent with what Alan Hynek said, who led Project Blue Book for over 20 years and other, other scientific investigations led by led by the government back in the 70s. Uh, uh, John Mack, the, the, the well-known uh, uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning uh, psychiatrist from Harvard University, Jacques Vallée, among others, who said it's not only a physical phenomenon, but it's also a psychic or mental one. They picked up on it back then. Mm-hmm. But we are going many steps further. And also seeing, yeah, it is a nuts and bolts issue, no question about it. But it, there is also a, a firm, pronounced psychic, psychologic, behavioral transformative effect on the individual that is long-lasting, that, mm-hmm. is, per, that is permanent for the good, for the better. Um, That's so. what I found interesting with Dr. Sprinkle's study because he discovered that as well. And it seems like these studies are, are, are all having similar results. But that argument that you just made that even if it's not related to, to people from Mars or something like that, it's still important because so many people are claiming to have similar experiences. But that's why I personally am very careful with the language because I interface with mainstream um media often and uh so i have to be careful uh to be sure to maintain credibility um and i think that that's what i wonder do you think it might be better to call this a research study on people who claim to have experiences as opposed to saying it's a research study on experiencers because it seems like scientists um certainly psychologists and others would be more and you would know better than I, but it seems like they would be more inclined to participate in a study that says it's about claims of experiences as opposed to they might be more, you know, off put by uh, a research study that is claiming that is saying that these are experiencers of oh, well, the yeah, phenomena. Well said. I, I can't agree more. Uh, and and I, w- I will emphasize that certainly in in when I speak about free and the associated results from our study at conferences, when we write this up uh, for publication in various uh, media forms and scholarly journals, without question, mm-hmm. uh, it is it is based on claims. I'm, I'm not going to push this down anybody's throat or telling them again. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, highly factual. Uh, everybody's reporting this is sane, uh, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical myself. My scientific background you know, dictates that in- internally, so to speak. Uh, so we have to be very careful 
mm-hmm. and skeptical, no question, about about the the nature of the responses and who they are coming from. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't agree more with with what you just said. But but nevertheless, we get insights into the phenomena from the surveys and the qualitative results obtained thus far into maybe the objectives of these non-humans. Again, who are claimed to be non-humans, the type of communication that they experience, the effects on consciousness, even near-death experiences, and and the life-changing transformation that they undergo, among others. For instance, um, 93% of of the 2,200 individuals, again, who claim to have conscious recall of this experience, they believe that these ETs, Again, I don't like that term. Let's just say non-humans are from other planets or dimensions and that they're already among us. 93% agree with that. Uh, 84% say communicated with a non-human intelligent being. They describe these ETs. uh, Of course, the short grays are, are... commonly seen as 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 everyone familiar with the the phenomenon is aware but interestingly human looking ets 54% that's the highest uh being reported human looking not not exactly but they appear you know very very similar to higher us. than the gray oh types? yeah oh wow a, a, interesting a little bit yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, and then we have a wide range, the insectoids, 15%, the, the mm. tall grays, short grays, reptilians, 15%, even energetic beings, and that, that was fairly high, uh, spirit or ghost-like, uh, that was also very high. So I don't know if we're looking at different phenomenon or different, possibly different species that's being claimed to have been experienced. But, but the interesting again point is that mostly are humanoid, human in appearance, whereas mm-hmm. the media, the internet, etc., reports basically all being short grays, uh, large head, uh, insect, <laughs> insect-like eyes, mm-hmm. uh, narrow neck. You, you, you ever think we all know what the what the description is? But forty-three um, percent said that they recall being on an ET craft, conscious recall. Uh, and that 57% said that they had contact with a non-human on a craft. 32% said more than 10 times. It's not uncommon to have repeated uh, abductions, bad term, but that's, you know, that, that's what we use, um, and for it to exist within the same family. We also ask many questions about family contact. And it's not surprising that it supports prior research, that, that that's common. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are also many responses that are similar to the near-death experience that people also claim to report. I'm not saying that they're actually leaving their body and entering another realm of existence, but, but there are some similarities. And Kenneth, Dr. Kenneth Ring, who did research in, in this area, you know, saw, saw similarities between the UFO and near-death experiences. Uh, 54% said they felt separated from their body during the uh, encounter with non-humans. They, they, they felt that they encountered a mystical being um, and heard uh, uh, unidentifiable voices. 86% said that to be the case. Hmm. Telepathy 
was experienced in 41% of the individuals. Wow, actually, that's lower than I would have expected. Well, I was going to say, I I agree with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then then there was another related question. A non-physical thought or voice download, 37%. So, you know, I don't know how to make that distinction, you know, telepathic voices of voice download, uh, you know, or a sense of knowing. A lot of people say there's an understanding. It's vague, but it's nonverbal. You know, these ETs don't don't uh, open their mouth and pronounce syllables the way we (laughs) we are accustomed Mm -hmm. to doing, but they receive information nonverbally. did they, 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 the question is, do they enter some other unearthly world? Um, 69% say yes. Uh, do they seem to understand everything? 57% that that related to everything about the universe or about themselves and others. Did they experience a multidimensional experience? 82% said yes. Hmm. And interestingly, 35% said that they had a near-death experience, which is much higher than what the incident statistics of NDEs uh, have been reported to be. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, again, I'm not going to go over 600 questions yeah. that I've asked, but 90% say they feel they have, that there is a grand plan in motion by these entities that all experiences are a part of. You know, there's some kind of a... Uh, evolutionary force, something that's trying to increase self-awareness, spirituality, uh, our sensitivity to others, making us more loving, more ecologically sensitive, uh, awakening me, so to speak, to uh, a larger consciousness or cosmic force. We're talking about over 70% of the 2200 individuals, yes, who claim to have this experience are saying that. Why, Mm -hmm. again, the similarity with such a large database? I don't have the answer. Well, I wonder, um, and and maybe you would know this, uh, if it's similar to other inventories of people who believe they've had a spiritual experience. So, for instance, um, perhaps Christians who believe that they've had an experience with God or, or Christ or or Mother Mary or something like that, if they've had um, similar or claim to have had, you know, similar messages. Uh, well, yes, there are there are parallels there. Yes, indeed. Uh, and you have to be careful interpreting the results I shared with you, uh, which may certainly represent some degree of bias. Uh, People believe, uh, obviously, in a God, uh, uh, in Jesus, uh, uh, many, many things. Uh, uh, Interpret the Bible literally, which is more astonishing than the UFO phenomenon, (laughs) if you interpret it literally. Yeah, Mm -hmm. people do believe in things without... What? Uh, An objective, tangible evidence... Uh, where they see it and feel it and measure it, uh, you know, many, many great minds, many scientists who are objective in in nature in terms of their their experimental work, uh, yeah, they believe in a god, which which seems at least to be inconsistent with 
with their scientific principles of of you know proving or disproving a theory or, or hypothesis but we have biases for whatever reason uh, faith based beliefs that that may or may not be true mm-hmm. um, but we're all subjected to making these make possible errors in inductive reasoning uh, so uh, we cannot dismiss that that the data here too are somewhat similar. Maybe they want to believe in it, and and thus are telling us that that they are having this experience. We have to be very careful uh, about tr- how to uh, translate, understand, make conclusions from the data, and and the qualitative results will build upon some of these binary responses from our quantitative surveys in order to better understand just that, to control, in other words, for the questions that you are very wisely raising. Uh, We have to uh, uh, use a a scientific method as much as possible. It's not not ideal research, but my, my point is this. This is the direction ufology should go. This in, it, it, draw members from the scientific community, ideally a multidisciplinary team from uh, many different physical and social sciences, to study this phenomenon in in similar manners to the way we are, as well as unrelated manner. But the essence of is essence is to better understand the nature of the experience that people say they had uh, had with this phenomenon uh, and to establish a very large population base which we are attempting to do and, and we are doing this worldwide we're in the process of doing it in many many countries we've received 500 responses from our collaborators in in, in latin america we have uh, a team in germany who's also in the process of administering it in russia we're going to expand in many other countries uh, in france so it, uh, you know, over time, and we're not talking about the study ending here and now. We're just beginning. This is going to be multi-year in nature, uh, uh, cross-cultural, uh, in, in, and we have you know, it's, you know, research teams, uh, you know, all all over the map uh, mm-hmm. in order to in order to try to formulate some better understanding of the phenomenon through those who have experienced it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's all just extremely fascinating. I mean, my uh, uh, bachelor's is in psychology and I have a certificate in um, hypnotherapy. And um, so, I mean, I, I'm very fascinated with this arena, but it almost uh, I, I kind of have a perspective that all of these areas of research are, are important. But uh, I also wonder if uh if you know your findings may find that just because you know dealing with other paranormal areas that when people uh, believe that they've interfaced with the supernatural that um, these changes that you've talked about or these thoughts and ideas that you've talked about um, are universal so in other words it's not just a uh, 
that they've interfaced with what they believe to be a UFO or a non-human intelligence, but that uh, these findings are similar across the board with people who believe they've had uh, an experience, a uh, supernatural experience, whether that be with Buddha or, or any other or, or Bigfoot, because really, uh, or ghosts, because you do hear similar um, ideas across the board, it seems. It's, uh, yeah, it's catchy. Uh, people watch the same shows. They're they're persuaded uh, by what they hear, uh, and we're we're all susceptible to believing things that we hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make errors uh, in terms of uh, inductive reasoning. We it's hard to maintain objectivity all the time. So when you mention the word ghost, everybody will say, yeah, uh, you know, a foggy impression uh, uh, looked white. Uh, yeah, we, we come up with the same story, in other words, associated with the experience. Likewise, when, when you mention UFOs, uh, people may say, yeah, the short gray with the big eyes, big head, small body. Right. Uh, we, we are in Influence without question. I agree with you completely. And we have to uh, be aware just of that, uh, preconceived notions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, we, we ask that. We do get into that too. Because it's, it's interesting, uh, like for instance, in, in hypnotherapy, there's this method where you, you have someone interface with their higher self or interface with someone that you manifest uh, via, um, you know, suggestion uh, is someone they draw from their own subconscious that is someone of ultimate wisdom and uh, what that person represents uh, they often give messages back to the person that they already know and they're often messages that are similar to um, people who believe they've gotten messages from Bigfoot or people who believe they've gotten messages from Jesus or people who've got messages from aliens is that you need to treat your planet better, you need to be nicer to each other. You know, all of these things that we kind of, um, that, the, you know, our, our spiritual leaders tell us and that we kind of teach our children that unfortunately we need to remind ourselves of. of uh, Alejandro, I, I greatly appreciate you mentioning that because here again, that's a potential confounding variable in our results. But, but why? And I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why? You know, why do so many people uh, say that they have been transformed? Over seventy percent say, based on their experience conscious recall of of the encounter they have strongly increased their desire to help others they have much more compassion for others mm-hmm. they, they appreciate the ordinary things in life they, they're more interested in psychic phenomenon they're able to love others in an impersonal way they're more sensitive to the suffering of others they're more concerned with spiritual matters they become less um, and we're talking over 70% say this. They're, they're less interested now in organized religion, mm-hmm. where before they were, now they're not. They're more spiritual. They understand themselves much more deeply. Uh, they want to achieve a higher state of consciousness. 
people. 86% said that. Uh, so, you know, on and on along these lines, but they understand what life is all about. 79% said that. Uh, purpose to life, uh, you know, they, they have a better, what, <laughs> a, a, a more spiritual, conscious, uh, expanding uh uh, effect as a result. Now, I don't, I don't know how to interpret that. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let let people much much smarter than I try to make sense out of it. It might relate to some of the things that you're talking about. We have to be very careful not to interpret these results literally, as if it means. Yes, UFOs uh, are coming down here, ETs are coming out uh, and and bringing people up into their craft and doing the XYZ and and transforming them behaviorally. You know, I, I can't make that kind of conclusion. It's premature to do so. Unfortunately, many ufologists do that. Like mm-hmm. many ufologists say, yeah, uh, uh, extraterrestrial craft landed in Roswell or, you know, etc., etc. The point is, the point is this. I don't know what to make of this data, but this is the direction where research needs to go. Uh, and that's the my main message. Stop analyzing Roswell, the Phoenix Lights, Rendlesham. I think it's necessary. I commend individuals who have done that. We learned a great deal about the phenomenon by doing so. We established that it is a real phenomenon. These things do amazing things. They're miles miles long. The, 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 but the, what the, if those yeah. incidents turns out to be, let's say, a uh, uh, a human-made object, like a black project or something like that. I oh, mean, that's why I think research in all of those areas is still important. Certainly, I agree with you. There needs to be more research in the direction that you're talking about. But I think all of the study of all of those those instances still needs to continue, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I at some level, yes. I agree with you. Uh, uh, many of these uh, experiences are black projects but when you go back into the 60s uh, 50s and 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 people like uh, former astronaut Gordon Cooper who uh, <clears throat> was a uh, one of the uh, you know original uh, astronauts uh, when he starts talking about uh, seeing a, a saucer like craft uh, with you know descend on the desert floor through his own eyes mm-hmm. as well as many others with him and it lands and uh, and then it immediately takes off in a blink of an eye uh he also pursued them uh, in the 50s in in test uh test aircraft uh, uh trying to you know and they were achieving altitudes at, and and flying at speeds that in his mind at least and i i take his word for it were were not man-made uh were not of this earth mm-hmm. he's not alone uh, when it occurs way back then, you know, there's no black box project that I know of, uh, maybe I'm wrong, that could have done those kinds of things at that point in time. We have so many instances like that uh, where where you, it's hard to write off 
Um, yeah, as, you know, uh, you know, there's too numerous uh, pieces of evidence along those lines that contradict any you know conspiracy or disinformation campaign or black box you know related project that that goes on. Yes, indeed. Uh, but we yes, I, we should continue some degree of research along those lines. I agree with you. We can possibly gain more insight into the phenomenon doing so. But I think, however, you know, much more emphasis should be placed on focusing attention by ufologists and, and hopefully the, the general mainstream scientific community in this direction. Uh, the meaningfulness, the essence of the experience on, on individuals' lives. Now, will, will this lead us down a, a dark tunnel? Possibly. But we at least need to try to focus some degree of effort in this area. Mm -hmm. My last question, because we're running out of time, and I just love the topic. I could could uh, go back and forth with you for uh, for all day for the rest of the day, but uh, this is really interesting. But uh, I know some people will be thinking out there. Well, what about the work of David Hopkins or uh, David Jacobs and Bud Hopkins? Uh, they interviewed. Um, according to them, you know, thousands of people and their conclusions were were very different. Um, what is your take on on their work? Well, one, uh, the, the, the data they collected was through hypnotic regression, and they've been criticized for that use of that technique. Um, it's valid at many levels. Uh, American Psychological Association does acknowledge it as a very useful tool for many things, but not, not necessarily in terms of accuracy mm -hmm. in recall. And that's why it's not admissible in the court of law. Um, they also reported that the alien abduction experience was largely a negative one, which our survey completely contradicts. So, you know, the the, the last experiences are generally you know are regarded as positive by over ninety percent. Uh, of the individuals. Again, initially, yeah, it was a highly negative, fearful experience, as it should be for anyone. But they adapt over time and they realize, so they claim, uh, the many significant benefits derived from their continued uh, encounters, or shall we say, ab abductions. Um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, to, to interpret their results literally because again here again uh, they they may have potentially led uh, their um, their uh, clients uh, although they say they were very careful not to do so um, but still the, the methodology which was distinctly different than ours uh, you know makes it such that we we're comparing apples and oranges so to mm -hmm. speak uh, nevertheless, uh, they they presented very interesting results. Uh, it's not accepted. It's been criticized, certainly, in many various ways. Uh, likewise with uh, John Mack, initially a skeptic, uh, became a believer that people were at least believing they or claimed to believe that they were being abducted. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously he came to that conclusion and had a fight for tenure with the Harvard administration. Yeah. Which, you know, One interesting, he, yeah. he thought it was a very, uh, very much a non-physical kind of out-of-body experience for the most part. 
Yeah, uh, exactly right. And that's why uh, drawing parallels with our research mm-hmm. says the same thing. It's consistent with what he said, with Dr. Alan Hynek. Uh, these are people I, I regard uh, very highly in the field. Um, there are not many, many ufologists, if you want to call them that, who I do uh, concur with. Uh, but there are, are a handful who I greatly respect, like, like Heineck and Valet and, and uh, uh, Heinz, uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. Hastings, uh, um, um, you know, among others, uh, certainly, that uh, I, I consider more uh, what? Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I'll listen, let's just say I'll listen to them with more open ears than mm-hmm. many others, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, analyzing what presidents know about UFOs or not know. I, that's important. Uh, debating the MJ-12 document, you know, that's important at some level. But we know, we know the government, military, always considered this to be a very important topic of concern. We know that they they uh, try to downplay it and hide it. Nick Pope, I have great respect for, and he, he admitted it. Uh, the British government, he was at the UFO desk for the Ministry of Defense, and he admitted that they purposefully presented a disinformation campaign not to alarm the public, and they don't have answers, more than likely. Uh, Not any more than maybe what we do. Um, uh, You know, I I, I get so turned off by many ufologists saying we have some secret underground base with dead aliens in some, you know, in in the desert somewhere, or Area 51 has UFOs. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. You know, show me the data, give me the evidence. Uh, Don't make firm conclusions, and the absence of such evidence Mm -hmm. but we're looking at basically anecdotal evidence although there is some physiologic and 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 physical evidence in the form of electromagnetic radiation i mean we can go into great detail about that in landing sites where ufos were reported to have been observed uh, uh, effects on germination plant growth etc uh, etc et cow mutilations crop circles in the whole the whole nine yards i mean maybe all these phenomena are interrelated and i get into that in my my um, uh, book on the afterlife uh, and, and theories of quantum physics, which again is highly theoretic, but it might serve as a basis to explain the phenomenon. And we do have many physicists like Rudy Shields on free. He uh, he is the executive director, a, you know, Harvard University astrophysicist who firmly believes that this is a real phenomenon. And by the way, before I forget, your listeners, if they're interested in in learning more about the the Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters, to visit our website at experiencer.org. Experiencer.org. They could visit my website, too, which is the UFOphenomenon.com. The UFOphenomenon.com. They could read about, if they're interested, getting more information about me and my book, etc. But they can see our survey results on on experiencer.org. They can read many papers that are scientific and non-scientific in nature, many written by members of FREE. Uh, and this is not a new age group. Let me dispel any, <laughs> any you know, questions about this. We have many uh, leading physicists, psychologists, uh, uh, I can't speak about myself. I'm, I'm biased. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, and non-scientists, experiencers, people who've worked with experiencers. Uh, 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 it's just a serious study by very smart people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and 
you know, it should not be completely dispelled out of hand, but at least, at the very least, look at our papers, look at the data. Uh, I am, I'm, I'm trying not to force feed it in a sense. I might sound like it or, or arm twist <laughs> people into believing this. I don't know what to make of it. All I'm basically saying is the data is extraordinarily interesting. The, the research should focus again, and I'm sorry for the redundancy, more so in this area. Keep up, keep up, yes, with the nuts and bolts research, and I commend the ufologists that have done so in the past, and certainly people like you who continue to discuss this extraordinary phenomenon in, 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 in the media, uh, you're to be highly commended for what you do. Uh, you. Uh, this is a significant issue of our time that is unfortunately ignored by mainstream science, when just the opposite should be the case. Mm -hmm. And and theories, they abound. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe the issues are in, in quantum in physics, the answers in terms of uh, alternate dimensions and Stephen Hawking, you know, Stephen Hawking, the smartest guy. Don't listen to me, listen to Stephen Hawking. You know, he'll get into the wormhole issues and alternate space times, uh, uh, other dimensions that allow for the possibility of other entities to coexist with ours. I don't know how he pr comes up with that, but many physicists believe that too. Mm -hmm. This is mathematic. I want to get in one more yeah. question. We've gone over, uh, but uh, you talk about the mainstream and uh, and and the other smart people out there. Um, and I am curious, what do your colleagues, uh, you, the other mainstream scientists uh, that you've worked with, uh, have you spoken with them about this topic, and and how do they generally uh, react? Well, um, I've. Purposely, only spoke to maybe a few. Mm. Um, of course, uh, people in academia, um, for a variety of reasons, are reluctant to admit that they are have a great interest in this topic area. For, I think, again, for fear of ridicule, certainly, um, and people do, uh, you know, interpret it unfortunately in the wrong way like this guy's nuts you, you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh which uh, for, 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 and 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 i'm not entirely sure why but it's a far out notion it's a strange phenomenon many scientists don't have the answer so they don't want to study it um uh, you know it, it it defies scientific principles so they disagree with it and consider it an area not worthy of, of study. So I, I purposely, you know, I remained, uh, so to speak, in, in the ufology uh, closet uh, mm -hmm. and only, you know, shared it with a few who were highly skeptical of it. I eventually gave them uh, my book, not to persuade them, but to, but to, to say, you know, before you denounce it or think I'm a little wacky, which I, I, um, I admit I, <laughs> I probably am at some level. Re, you know, understand the facts. And that's another important message that I must get across to your listeners, especially for those who are just beginning to develop an interest in this area. Seriously study the evidence. Go back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, conclusions from scientific studies, uh, uh, and, and, and thoroughly investigate it before, before you make a final decision. Um, and, uh, 
you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of nonsense out there and a lot of sense, and it's hard to decipher who and what to believe. And, and it's those books that that do exist out there. You know, I, uh, you know, my my mom was abducted by an alien from uh, Venus. You, you, you know what I mean? It it it's unfortunately it gives ufology a bad name. Uh, and and people are t- very much turned off to the overarching issue of ufology uh, by such kinds of takes um, or you know uh, blogs and books that that are just utter nonsense. So while there are very excellent texts as well out there and radio shows like like yours in particular that that have very good guests. I'm not making comment about myself, but uh, I, I listen. I listen to your show all the time, and I I really appreciate your insights and and the quality of the guests that you do have. Uh, and, and you know, I I listen to it while going to sleep, and upon waking up, I I find it very interesting who you have. I was listening to uh, Whitley Strieber uh, you had on. Uh, uh, I forget the individual's name. Well, thank you. Now now you're encounter. embarrassing me. <laughs> Not intentionally, but it's true. You know. Well, thank you very much, we need, and we need more shows like this. Well, thank you very much, and I think you are right up there. This has been fascinating. I think you've been an absolutely wonderful guest. I'm so happy that you were able to make time and come on the show and share more about the organization. And yeah, I'll definitely talk about the links again, and I'll have them up on our website and uh, uh, on the uh, description for the show. But uh, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure to to speak with you. Keep up the g- great work you're doing, and I'm sure you will. And uh, I thank your listening audience to uh, for tolerating this. <laughs> my diatribe for a, an hour or so. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much to Bob for being on the show. I thought that was a fascinating discussion. Um, I'm so happy to have found out more about Free, to find out more about their organization and their work. And like he said, you can read all the, the what their research has is, is shown so far. Um, yeah, with all of those questions, he was only able to get into a few. Uh, but I was certainly uh, found what he did talk about fascinating. But you can find that at experiencer.org, like he mentioned, experiencer.org. And you can read more about him and his book, The UFO Phenomenon, at theufophenomenon.com. What a great URL. It's great he was able to get that one. Theufophenomenon.com. Again, thank you so much, uh, Bob, for being on the show. It was great talking to you. I had a wonderful time. And uh, everybody check out what they're doing. It, it's really interesting stuff. And uh, I'm excited to see more about his book. I actually do not have a copy. Um, and I want to look into it further because it sounds really interesting. And, uh, you know, it, he's a great mind and a great asset to uh, UFO research, I think. So really interesting stuff. Also, thank you to Martin Willis again for uh, doing the UFO news with us. You can find all the news that Martin and I talked about at openminds.tv. You'll also find a new UFO report. You'll also find on the front page in the upper right a way to um, put in your email to get our email newsletters. So every two weeks we put out an email newsletter. Well, really twice a month. It averages out to every two weeks. And I just get you know really floored on 
um, not to, you know, pat myself on the back or, or our organization like Michael Klein and Roger Marsh who help with all of this content and uh, Linda Zimmerman who wrote something recently and all our other contributors. But we always have a lot of content that builds up within two weeks. So I'm able to put a lot of stuff in these emails. The emails, of course, are overviews of everything that we've done and links, but uh, it keeps you up to date in what's going on. And uh, I know how it is. Our lives get so busy that sometimes it's difficult to do that. So an email just kind of letting you know everything we've done in the last couple of weeks uh, is really helpful. And it's also a very quick way to get up to speed with uh, what's going on in the UFO news. So at openminds.tv, you can go add your email to our uh, list, or you can just email contact at openminds.tv, and uh, we'll add you to our email list. So I encourage people to do that. We have another UFO video on there, um, one of those short videos Michael, our video guy, is putting together. And uh, so some good stuff up there. Also, I'm going to have more and more news on there about our videos on demand. So we have a video portal where you can go subscribe and you have access to hundreds of lectures from the UFO Congress. So you have Jacques Vallée, Linda Zimmerman, um, and some of the other speakers. You have John Greenwald. You have uh, George Knapp and Bob Lazar. You have John Alexander and Lee Spiegel. So... A lot of our really popular and great speakers you can find at this video portal. So for one low fee, you have access to all of them, and you can watch them at your leisure. And we have a lot of great panels, such as debates between Stanton Friedman and John Alexander. Uh, we have a lot of great panels and fun stuff that you can catch on there. And uh, the great thing is, is you know, you're going to probably find a lot of stuff you didn't even know existed. So... Um, a lot of people weren't aware before we had him. We have a lot of speakers like that. For instance, Bob Schroeder. A lot of people didn't know who he was, and he's a guy who's written a book about the science of UFOs, and he was a really popular lecturer at our conference, and he's become a, a more popular speaker because uh, he's got really interesting stuff. And if you heard him, you would have seen that he has a lot of science that is really baffling. So it's one of those things where it's important to review it periodically to remind yourself, what did he say? Um, so some really good stuff. You could go to the video portal at openminds.tv. But um, thank you all for being here. We have more interviews scheduled for the next few weeks. Um, thank you all for returning and listening to the show. It's wonderful to uh, you know get in the swing of things and be back to our regular weeklies because, of course, during the holidays uh, and the conference, things get really hectic, and so we're kind of sporadic, but it's uh, nice to be back to doing a weekly show and uh, being able to talk to you guys on a weekly basis. Thank you so much to uh, Caleb Hanks for doing the opening and close music. He's got some awesome stuff. You can find uh, information at... Uh, at openminds.tv slash radio on the radio page, how to get to Caleb's music. I often have questions. Hey, man, how do I get to his music? It's cool. I think it's cool, too. And you can download his songs for free. And I listen to them periodically, regularly, and because I love him. He's got great stuff. Very talented young man. As well as his brother, Micah Hanks, uh, runs a Graylian report. Both uh, very funny and talented young whippersnappers 
So, uh, yeah, check them out. Uh, we're also thank you to the PSN Network who's running us, Dark Matter Radio who's running the show, everybody else who's uh, a friend of ours. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Uh, you can check me out, uh, by the way, in Roswell. I'm going to be speaking for the Roswell Daily Record, and I think at the museum. I'm not sure. And then I'll also be at the MUFON Symposium in August. You can find out more about that on our emails and at openminds.tv on the events page. Anyway, thank you all so much for joining us again. Until next week, adios muchachos.